Welcome, my friends, to the Rise to the Top, the number one show for mediapreneurs. I'm David Seitman Garland. This is all about helping you build your kick butt platform, growing your audience like a weed, and making the bling bling. That's what it's all about here on the Rise to the Top, my friends. Doing it in a cool way. Glad to have you here. Episode 358, the Be Everywhere strategy with my good friend, Pat Flynn, who's joining me today. So let me give you the, uh, the quick synopsis here, very quick introduction here to, to Pat. Uh, if you don't know Pat, Pat is someone that has exploded. I mean, exploded onto the scene in the last few years with his blog, Smart Passive Income, which you can check out at smartpassiveincome.com. And in just a few years, Pat has built a huge amount of readers. I mean, over 60,000 readers. He's got a podcast that gets downloaded like crazy. He's got videos that are watched like crazy. He's got a thriving business. He is just rocking out with it. He has a new, actually, he's got a, a brand new book as well called Let Go, which is a whole interesting story in itself. But Pat says that the success of everything that he's been doing is all based on what he calls the B everywhere strategy. So today on the Rise to the Top, we dive into that. We have a discussion over how he's done this, how he's grown his audience this way, um, and how that has led to all kinds of different opportunities. So you're really going to enjoy this. If you don't know Pat or if you do know Pat, um, it, it, either way, uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on right now on the Rise to the Top. Now, a couple lightning quick antidotes before we get started here today. Uh, number one is Kind of a, I don't want to call it, say final call or anything because it's not final call, but I did want to let you know that May is going to be the VIP launch of my newest course, Create Awesome Online Courses, which is going to be all about showing you how to create, promote, and profit from your own online course, just like I did with Create Awesome Interviews, my, my course that came out last year that generated over six figures. I know a lot of you guys are customers, but I'm going to be teaching the exact method the exact method, step by step, because there's a lot of confusion out there, how to create a course, how to promote it, how to profit from it, you know, and I'm going to be showing you literally do this, then do this, then do that. So we've got some very cool free content for you as well uh, right now. So it's, you know, free content, and then we have the course coming out in May. Um, just head over to therisetop.com slash courses. So therisetop.com slash courses. Enter your email if you haven't already. That'll get you started. We'll get going with that. So definitely check that out. And also, today's episode is sponsored by good friends GoToMeeting by Citrix Online. Now, uh, a lot of you guys don't know this, but about, uh, I don't know, three, four weeks ago, we made a huge transition with our email marketing and a lot of other things that we're doing with the Rise to the Top. We moved everything over to Office Autopilot, which is this cool system. And, you know, when you move something big like that, you're going to have to talk with the people there and they're going to have to show you how to do stuff and they have to teach you stuff. And their team was absolutely awesome helping us. I mean, they're incredible. And we did everything with GoToMeeting. So they would set up the meetings on GoToMeeting. We could hop on there. We could do video. We could do slides. We could do everything as they showed me how I can use this new software for my business. And so it's just one of the many, many applications that you can do with GoToMeeting. So free trial just for Rise Nation. Here's what you gotta do. Head over to risetop.com slash go to meeting 45 day free trial. So definitely check that out. And now here is Pat Flynn. All right, my friends. So joined by my good buddy today, looking very dapper in his handsome sweater and, and, and <laughs> little bright shirt, Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income. Pat, always great to have you, my man. Thank you for having me, David. You know, I have to thank you also for the post that you did about the camera setup. I'm actually using your camera setup that you recommended. I use your affiliate links and uh, it's just looking really awesome. 
um, I feel like I look better on camera than I do in real life. So thank you oh, for that. Well, you're welcome, sir. We, we have the same camera set up here, and I think you're even rocking it 10 times better than me. So that that is awesome to hear. Now, Pat, I got to tell you this. This is funny. Is Before we get started here, if your name comes up one more time, okay, I don't <laughs> know if I'm going to give you a kiss or I'm going to kill you. It's one or the other. I can't decide which one it's going to be because I, I cannot believe the amount of times. And, and this is this goes to kind of what we're talking about today, right, as well. It's sort of like being everywhere is kind of a concept of this interview. But you know, I can't tell you how many times I hear, well, I was listening to Pat Flynn or Pat Flynn told me or Pat Flynn. I was reading <laughs> Pat Flynn stuff. I'm like, well, you just guys just shut up about Pat. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. But, but I think it's a testament that how many people out there, you know, especially over the last couple of years have gotten to know you and feel like they're a friend. Like, cause you know, when they tell me that very few of these people, my guess would be Pat are actually like calling you up on the phone and having a conversation. It's, it's people that are reading, listening, you know, consuming your content, you know, and I think this all has to do with sort of your strategy that you call very simply be everywhere. I mean, what do, what do you kind of mean by that in general? Well, be everywhere is sort of using multiple platforms, kind of ex expanding outside of your website to reach out to new audiences and also take your brand and take it to a whole different level and stand out from everybody else who's just on their website. You know, I, I, I you know, obviously we all need a website to get our message out there. That That's the most important thing to have. But I envision or sort of you know, create this analogy of a website is sort of like putting a message into a bottle and just chucking it into the ocean. Mm -hmm. You know, At the point of, at which you create that website, nobody else knows about it except for you and maybe a couple of friends that you told, uh, told that about. And then obviously there's a really important message that you want to get out there. But once you throw it out there, nobody knows about it. And you kind of just hope that the tides take it to somewhere where people are. And oftentimes after a little bit of time, it does get to where people are, but there are things you could do to put your message and your brand onto places where people are already and they're looking for you. And so mainly I, I have this kind of three-point strategy. It's, it's your blog as the hub right. and then YouTube and a podcast. And those three things together allow you to um, you know, deliver your message in any way possible that people want to consume it. For instance, you know, reading or watching or listening. And so there's no excuse for people to not find you. And because those platforms, iTunes and YouTube, are heavily searched for platforms, there's algorithms in there that allow you to be found based on what other people are listening to or what other people are watching. Um, there's just it's just so powerful. And the thing is, it takes a little bit of getting uncomfortable to get to the to right. you know to put yourself on those platforms, which is why I don't think a lot of people do it. But you're missing out. And I feel like that if you don't do this, if you're not putting yourself on these platforms, maybe even just one of them, and just to start off with, you're doing your potential target audience a disservice by not giving them the ability to find you. If you have a message that you want to share, something that you know is important, something that you believe in, you want to get it to as many people as possible. Um, Rockefeller once said, you know, next to doing the right thing, the most important thing is to let people know that you're doing the right thing. And if you don't do that, you really don't have a business. And there are people out there who could benefit from what you have to offer, but you know, you're just not right. reaching out. Right. No, I mean, it's a, and it's a great point because I remember actually a friend of mine, uh, Josh Ship. I don't know if you know Josh Ship. He's he's like a he's a great uh, speaker, and he, he trains like speakers and does a lot of different things. But he's uh, he's a great in the youth market uh, as well. Like he, he big time youth speaker. And I remember him uh, a long time ago. Was talking and we were talking about something, and he said, you know what, you got to assume that. 33% of your audience is deaf and 33% of your audience is blind. And, you know, you sit there and you're like, well, you know, because so you're only reaching a certain percentage depending on the medium that you do, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and it's just interesting that, you know, a lot of people kind of have that mentality 
um, which is tricky, especially now we're doing this interview in 2013. There's a lot of platforms out there, right? And people have that mentality sometimes when getting started that all they kind of have to do is create great content on their site. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like magic, the subscriber traffic fan fairy comes in and <laughs> ordains them that, you know what I mean? And people come flying in. And, and yeah, I'm yeah. curious though, from your approach, and I understand the three different ways, I love to hear kind of what you did. You know what I mean? Like like your be everywhere strategy that Pat Flynn implemented, um, you went first more to YouTube and then you kind of created the podcast. Is that, is that correct? I'm going back yeah, to the timeline. Yeah. That, that's right. And I just want to mention, you know, the fairy exists and we always hear about the fairy, but the fairy is only one person who can go from, you know, there's so many people that try to do this and we always hear about that one success story. And so that's why, you know, sometimes you hear people who just create a website and all of a sudden they're exploding, they're going viral and we hear about that and we think we could do the same thing. And it's possible, but the chances are we got to give ourselves, I mean, we, we have to give ourselves the best you know, chance possible, which is right. kind of expanding outside of the blog. So, you know, not relying on that on that ferry. But kind of the way I did it was I started my blog in 2008. First year was tough. I wasn't getting much traffic at all. Sure. I was actually wanting to give up I mean, four or five times. I was actually, every time I published a post and pushed that publish button, I was just like, man, like, should I keep on doing this? It's a lot of hard work. And, um, you know, luckily I had a, a small community of people who I really got to know really well, I mean, by name. And I think that's really important when you're first starting out, actually, sure. you know, getting your first hundred fans and just knowing who they are, emailing them, understanding everything about them. Those people are still fans and they're, they've become super fans. And some of them have grown, you know, to the same level as me and, and are now, you know, we're working together and stuff. So I think that's really important when you're starting out. But, Really, the key moment that sort of uh, took my blog to the next level is when I when I put a lot of the information that I was, uh, you know, a lot of qu- actually it was a lot of questions that I was receiving from people that I knew were easier to answer on video. I was just too scared to do it, but I finally was just like, you know what? What's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. So one of the first videos I created was a sort of walkthrough on how to set up a website because I was a lot of questions. You know, I had a lot of people asking me questions about that. How do I? Uh, where do I go? And how do I? You know, step by step create a website and I had text versions of this but people still wanted more so I just created a video and I figured you know I'm still a little bit scared to put my face on camera maybe I can just do a screencast or something or screen recording where I'm videotaping or recording what's on the on the computer and I can just use my voice so I did that it's like an eight minute video showing you know you know step by step how to build a website and create a blog and uh, it took like four days (laughs) because it was just I wanted it to be perfect, and that was a mistake. Uh, and I and I did like twenty takes, and just tried to do twenty I didn't takes. Know what Pat, I was doing. twenty takes. I haven't done twenty yeah. takes of anything in my life. That's unbelievable. I love it. <laughs> it's I love it. It's it's ridiculous. But you know, I did it, and then I put it out there, and it was well received. And uh, you know, I look back at it now, and I'm like, this is the worst video I've ever made. And you know what? The first video that you make, or the first podcast episode you come out with, it's always going to be the worst one that you make. So yep. just something you have to realize. And it doesn't have to be perfect. And that video has been viewed over 65,000 times and has led to a number of affiliate sales for this particular domain and hosting company that I've been using. And it's, you know, people are emailing me saying, hey, thank you for creating that video. So I'm really glad I spent all that time learning how to do it. And yes, the next time I did a video, it took you know, maybe two days, and then the next one after that, maybe one day. And now I can crank out a video in thirty minutes, right. edited and on YouTube. It just takes just, practice, like everything. Yeah, it takes practice. You know, you're not going to be amazing at it. For, I mean, my first videos are so embarrassing. It's like I leave some of them up. I mean, go entertain yourself if you want to, folks, um, and check some check some of them out. But I mean, like the very first one, I'm talking about, like I'm on there, and you know, you're just not. 
I don't care what your personality is. Like, Pat, it's fair to say we have somewhat different personalities. Do you know what I'm saying? In terms of yeah, just yeah. the way we are. But it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Whether, whether you're comfortable with it or not, your first one are always going to be a challenge. But, you know, I think people that kind of push through that risk and just keep giving it a shot are the ones that seem to be successful at it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and it's tough because when you first start, you, you feel like you're, you know, talking to an audience of zero. Right. Um, you know, talking that's to how this it was. light right here. Right, right. It's light. That's it. That that's how it is when you start a website. You're just you're writing for your blank WordPress page, right. and you're just trying to fill it in for nobody. When you're creating videos or a podcast, nobody's out there. But you know, you just have to create more content, and that that's that's the beauty of the sort of be everywhere strategy is it allows you to diversify your content to keep it interesting for yourself. So if I'm not in like a writing mood, I can just shoot a video, or sure. vice versa, or do a podcast episode. If I'm doing an interview, um, it's just easier to do uh, and have access to people through audio. If I'm doing like a step by step tutorial, a video is much more, um, you know, it's a better medium for that than audio and sometimes text. So you know, it gives you a lot of options. And within each of those platforms, within your blog, within YouTube, and within in, uh, your podcast, there's something I like to, that I call uh, the the exposure cycle. So what okay. happens? It's kind of like a it's it's kind of a, a loop, and it just you know together it just perpetually uh, perpetually grows your blog, and it works like this. So the first thing you know in, in any in each of those platforms, let, let's take your blog for example. Okay. You have to be discovered. So there are certain right. things you could do to to be discovered, like search engine optimization, hooking up with influential right. people. Right. Yes, blogging. Yeah. Absolutely. But in addition to that, you know, you can be found, you can be, you know, someone that people see or look at, but they can easily forget about you. Mm -hmm. So the second step, you know, after being discovered, and that's why I choose the word discovered, you know, because you, you, you discover gold, you know, Columbus discovered America, he didn't just find it, he didn't just come across it, you know, right. you discover it, it's something meaningful. So you want to be discovered. But after that, you have to, you know, th there's a stickability factor. You have to have people stick around. So that that involves, you know, getting people to uh, understand exactly what your site's about and understand that that's something for them that they want more of. Mm -hmm. uh, to they have to subscribe, um, they have to connect with the messages um, and, and and connect with you personally. And you can inject, you know, a lot of your personality into what you do is to connect with people and get them to keep coming back. Um, so that's really important. So after they discover you, after they you know, decide they're going to stick around for a while, then that's when you kind of inject sharing and allow people to share your stuff. So the ease of sharing, just simply asking people to share, you know, yep. how easy is it for people to share your stuff? And a lot of people make it ridiculously hard. You got to make it so easy that it's almost brainless. And so what happens when you're shared, you're rediscovered. And then you can kind of get the people through this cycle. The cycle continues, the loop, yeah. if you will. And so when you're, when you're everywhere, you have those three cycles all working together. And that's how I've been able to grow so big but with uh, a blog and a YouTube channel and a podcast. And my podcast, I just posted episode number 61. That's yeah. not very yeah, many Yeah, it's not episodes. like seven, episode 7,000 or something, right? Yeah, I mean, that would be crazy. Um, Cliff Ravenscraft, I think, has like 4,000 episodes. Yeah, it's scary, but, frightening for everyone. Uh, Damn you, Cliff. It is. Cliff didn't go outside for four years, but that's okay. <laughs> And then the podcast, I, I have, I think, 83 videos or something like that. So it's not, very, it's not very many. It's just videos or podcasts that I know is information people want to know or see or listen to. And because it's something people can connect with, because I inject my personality into it, they share it. And as a result, just everything um, kind of explodes and, and perpetuates uh, my traffic. And um, as a brand as a whole... You know, it helps me stand out from other people in the industry who are just doing a website right, or one just one way or the other. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if 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 you come across somebody who has just a website versus someone who has all three and you can actually hear their voice or see their face, you know, which one is gonna seem like more of an expert? 
right. the one with all the other stuff. I, so I, I agree with you. And, and, and something you said uh, before, a couple minutes ago, and I thought was so important, like a little snippet that you said, and I think that it's important, I want to pull it back out, um, is that you mentioned we talk about, you know, kind of the deaf-blind thing that we just talked about before, where you get people and you get all these different mediums, but one that's often overlooked, and I see this as vitally important, right, especially for folks that want to do this in the long run, right, which I'm hoping everyone is that's listening and watching this, um, is that your own sort of boredom and style a little bit. Do you get what I'm saying? Because what ends up happening, I don't care what you do. I don't care what you do. If it's interviews, YouTube videos, long blog posts, short blog posts, books, whatever it is, there, there's definitely points. I don't care who you are where you're sitting there and you're like, I cannot do another damn video right now or I'm going to take this computer and I'm going to set it on fire and, th and that stuff is normal you know what I mean yeah, and I think sure. though when like you said you're like well if I'm not in this mood I'm not I'm in this mood you know what I mean if I'm not in this mood I'm in this mood so I think it's always important for you too as a content creator to you know keep getting great stuff because you're inspired to do so and you're not like oh god I, I have to write a 2,000 word blog post or something like that today yeah, absolutely. I think that's a. Gr I mean, I mean, just reinforcing that point, I think, is really important. Um, it gives me a lot of options, and it, and it keeps me happy. And a happy Pat is good content, and that means happy Pat's audience. Happy you know? Pat. I like happy Pat. We want happy <laughs> Pat. No sad Pat. Um, now, Pat, I want to ask you this question too. And, and you mentioned this earlier. And as soon as you said it, I was like, God, this is piquing my curiosity because someone asked me about this the other night. They asked me this sure. question, and I'm like, I'm going to ask it to you. So, ha, too bad. Um, <laughs> is In 2008, when you were back there, and it doesn't matter when it, it just so happens you were in 2008, so was I. Um, you know, people struggle with those first 100 fans. Do you know what I mean? And everyone does yeah. it differently. And, and, you know, we're now, you know, what, five years later? So it's, it's a different, possibly, you know, world a little bit. But I'm curious as to how you found or they discovered you know, right the first 100 nice, fans nice. and how also maybe you cultivated those relationships because you were saying that they sort of became i mean for lack of a better term sort of super fans meaning like you know they you knew who they were you saw them in there so how did you go from you know pat who just literally posted his blog online day 1 to getting that those first 100 because that's a sticking point for a lot of people i'd be just be interested to hear about just straight up your experience with it yeah, well, I mean, at the very first, you know, onset of smart passive income, there was nobody, right. and that's just something you have to realize. And I did the whole approach where I just, I just wrote from day one. I didn't do a launch. I didn't connect with anybody beforehand to try and get, you know, hundreds of people coming that first day. I, I actually didn't do went it either. Live. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I know a lot of people have done that really successfully. You know, Corbett Barr from ThinkTraffic.net and other people who've done that. Um, you know, that's really smart, I think. And if I could go back, I would kind of plan a launch and connect with people and, you know, get other people onto a blog post like a you know hey what's your uh, answer to this question yeah, what's 50 your, what's people insp 76 inspiring quotes from 76 inspirers <laughs> right you know what i mean that's right, what it right, is right right yeah um, <laughs> But but when I first started, you know, I, I just knew that nobody was on the other end for a while, and I just kept writing. And I actually joined a couple communities where I could share what I was doing and uh, you know feel like that I was contributing something useful. I was actually um, a writer on eHow for a oh, while, okay. okay, and there was cool. a there was a nice little forum slash community there, and I talked about writing on eHow and passive income, and and you know I got to connect with a lot of people through there actually. Um, there was a lot of people who I knew from my lead exam site, which, uh, you know, the last time I was on your show, I talked about how I started that right. uh, that website to help people pass the architecture exam. And, and a lot of those people who I 
you know, we're pretty close with. I told them about this new project that I had going on at Smart Passive Income, and a lot of those people came over and started leaving comments. And then, you know, eventually, maybe after three or four months, you know, I started to see trickles of traffic come in, people who I didn't know who would come over and leave comments and be like, yeah, that was a great, that was a great post, or, you know, thank you. And then what I would do is if they left, you know, a hyperlink to their blog or to their website, I would go to their website. And, uh, you know, there's one girl I remember, her name is Lindsay, and she used to write for eHow also, and she found me through eHow. I didn't know her beforehand. Um, and then she was a writer, and, and so I went to her website, and I started reading her content, and then started leaving comments on her site. And she was like, wow, Pat's really cool that you came over here. That's so awesome. We, we kind of just garnered this relationship uh, because, because of that back and forth. You know, not everyone's going to do that and go, um, you know, I, I, at, at least I know a lot of people who are sort of A-listers now, they don't even take the time to go on other people's sites. And I, that, that has been a strategy from day one for me to go to other people's sites and leave comments and just you know, not try to promote my own stuff, but just really build a relationship with people, add value to the posts that they just wrote. Um, and now we have things like Twitter and Facebook where you can kind of make multiple points of connections with people to have them remember who you are, um, to be like, oh yeah, you're that guy who left that really cool comment. Or um, like, dude, I'm, I'm always, like, there was a guy uh, who got to know me when I started Smart Passive Income, and he was just starting out. Um, he, his name, his nickname is Oni or Oni. Uh, it's like his name. It's hard to pronounce because he's. I think he's from Nigeria. We'll go but Oni. He, we'll go Oni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he he asked me, you know, a few times to write guest posts, um, and I said, no, you know, your English, your English isn't that good, uh, you know, um, but he would connect with me on Twitter and just say, you know, thank you for the opportunity, and he kept, he kept um, connecting with me on Facebook and just leaving really valuable contents on my post, actually, and then, and then one time, uh, he, he wrote a pretty good guest post for my site, and you know, I was like, you know, because I feel like you're a friend now, um, I'm going to I'm going to edit it for you and and we'll post it. And yeah. so you know I made sure all the grammar was good and and he it was actually a really good post that he wrote. And so you know it's just again not going cold trying to get other people to promote your stuff but just building relationships and having things happen from there whether there are people that you don't even know, people that may not even be in you know have followers that you know a, a target audience that that like you have, you know just anybody. You know you never know who knows who that can help you out. And so I think it's really important just to kind of connect with anybody in any way possible. Um, you know, then I started an email list, and that's when I started to actually email people individually to get to know them a little bit better as well. Um, and now that's kind of impossible because I've grown so big, and you know, I'm getting right. like 400 emails a day. But when you're first starting out, you know, you got to cherish those first few people who are on yeah, your site. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, you know, we had similar philosophies, you know, still do. And it's funny that you mentioned that because like when you start, everyone starts with the exceptional of unless you come from somewhere where you already had an audience, right? Which most people don't. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you came from TV or you came from something where you have an audience. Everyone basically is going to start at zero for the most part. You know what I mean? Right. For the most part, like it's, it's me hitting refresh for the first like, you know, two weeks. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? It's me hitting, there's eight views and it's like seven or me hitting refresh and one's my mom. You know what I mean? Uh, when, when you start, it's just how you start. And so at, at some point, right, and, and it might be a couple weeks in, it might be, it might be day one. You know what I mean? It might be because now things have changed. You're going to start to get, you know, a little bit of engagement of some kind, right? So it could be that, you know, someone uh, writes a comment. It could be someone comments on Facebook or, says something on Twitter, it doesn't necessarily have to be on your site, wherever it might be, that moment, I think, is a critical moment for people um, as yeah. to what's going to predict their long-term success. Because the question is, do you ignore those people, 
right? Bad idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Or do you get to know them? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I remember, and again, it's a scalability factor, right? So like right right now, I unfortunately can't write back to every single person uh, that gets an email or comments just like you can't. But on the early days, I'm telling you right now, someone would ask me a question, they'd get like war and peace back. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, oh, you got a question? Great, let me. I sit here for like 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because you're excited about that factor, and also, you know, it's a big moment here where people are starting to pay attention to you. Yeah, it's a big moment for those who you respond to too, because they're they're probably sending comments out and emails out to other people, and when they see War and Peace come back at them, they're going to remember who you are, and they're going to they're going to you know build that relationship with you and, and and kind of hold you higher than those who aren't responding. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that, by the way, because I think it's always an interesting question because we look at, you know, big numbers now, you know, with you and, you you know, you've got, I, I don't know, I was adding it up. I think you've got, what, about seven zillion people that probably tuned into <laughs> you one way or another. I rounded, I think I rounded down by a zillion, but you get, you get to these big numbers now, right? And it's almost like, well, that's its own challenge in itself, but people are sitting there saying, oh my God, like, but Pat, how did you even, what were the different, like, kind of stepping stone moments that got you from here to there to there. And, and you discussed this kind of with the strategy that you went from sort of blogger, and I'm putting that in quotes, good blogger, mm-hmm. of course, to adding in a YouTube element and then relatively recently adding in a podcast element as well. I mean, you know, and also I see you out there speaking. I see you doing all these different things. You're like an octopus running wild. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about maybe more of that, kind of back to the be everywhere strategy as to how you keep building this over time. Yeah, I mean, well, the public speaking and, and now, you know, writing books and stuff, that's just an extension of the Be Everywhere strategy. It's it's sort of uh, a way for me to reach even more people now that I've sort of uh, established myself on these, you know, three mediums already. But I remember, you know, it was, it was funny, at New Media Expo this past January, I was walking, you know, down the, the conference hallway and, you know, a number of people would, would come and stop me. And they knew it was me because I wear this backpack. It says, hello, my name is Pat on it. And oh, I say shut. that, like, <laughs> I say that away. everywhere. And I say, like, you know, if you see me, I'm going to be wearing this backpack. Come say hi. I want to meet you. And so a lot of people came up to me. And I would start conversations with people who were fans or who, uh, you know, you know, consume my stuff. And, and they all said, like, I think 98% of people mentioned first that they listen to the podcast Interesting. or they found me on the podcast or po- podcast, 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 podcast. I can't even say it, uh, but everybody was was talking about my podcast. They didn't talk about the blog or anything. And I think there's a certain power behind the voice. And I think that's why YouTube's powerful too, you know, as opposed to just reading text. There's, it's, it's, you know, when people listen to a podcast, they, they plug you into their ear and there's no, there's nothing, they can't like click a box. There's intimacy. It. There's an intimacy of the ear. Uh, or of yeah. the face. <laughs> there is there's a lot of facial ear ear to face intimacy. Ear to face ratio there um, is very high. Yeah. <laughs> it it's it just it's just amazing. It blew me away and that's why I've recently switched to a weekly podcast schedule because it's just made such an impact on people uh and and people, you know, are emailing me all the time saying, "Hey, I found you on iTunes. I found you on iTunes." And it's funny because when people when I talk to people about these uh, you know, how they found me on iTunes, I, I ask them, "Well, what were some of your favorite things that you remember from the show?" just to kind of see um, you know, maybe what the favorite interviews are or what particular content they like, and they always bring up the stories I tell. It's not, you know, the the top ten tips for Facebook. Yeah. Or it's it's yeah. not, uh, you know, particular strategies of any kind. It's it's stories that they remember. And I think. Why do you think that is? 
you know, I think people just can, can connect with stories. When, when they hear a story, they sort of get into this mode where they can kind of visualize themselves as the person who is telling that story and going through that event or whatever it was. Um, you know, we're sort of just too, you know, we're sort of just born to uh, and raised to kind of absorb stories. I mean, stories were being told even before language, you know, was around, you know, on cave writings and stuff, uh, in pictures. And, and so I think we're just, it's just interesting because, because that's what people can connect with. And that's what makes you a person is the stories. You know, the facts are good. All the strategies are amazing. Uh, but it's the stories that people can relate to. And, and, and nowadays people want to do business with other people, right? you know, right. not, not business, not, you know, large corporations or not not just strategies or step-by-step tutorials they want to build relationships with actual people and that's where the stories come into play yeah and i, and I find that to be very true first of all myself and, and i love that i love that you mentioned that because you know oftentimes the business itself right and yours you have affiliates and different things that you do with your business model um a lot of my business for example is how-to information and things like that, right? But I think what people really connect with is the story-related things. Do you know what I mean? Just like you sharing stuff. Now, that does, you know, the business, great, because people, when they want to pay for how-to, they, they want to pay for how-to. Do you know what I mean? It's a whole right. other story. Um, but it doesn't make things necessarily memorable, right? It's more like the stories and the way that you portray you know, and teach people and show people and explain the things, you know, that brings people in. Your person, you know, And then, by the way, You've got other stuff here, you know that that might be for sale. You know, it, it's 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 kind of an exciting opportunity there, I, and I, 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 it's interesting that you share that from iTunes. And you're saying that people though they would find you. So you're saying that these people when they're coming up to you, because I'm curious here, that they were saying, "Hey, Pat, like I was on iTunes listening to like Cat Radio, and somehow I I found like like or was it a case of that they knew who you were." They were on your blog or something like that. Then they got connected to the show. Like, meaning, like, was iTunes the catalyst? And if so, how how did that even go down? Because I'm curious because there's so many shows on iTunes, you know? Right. Well, it, it, I mean, it's everything. You know, there are people who started reading my blog who now are really big fans of the podcast and they prefer to listen to me through the podcast than read my blog. But there are people who didn't know about me who found me on iTunes who are now on my blog and everywhere else that I'm at. And it's interesting because actually a couple of years ago I did I did a survey. Actually, last... Uh, 2013 now, right? Yeah, a couple of years ago, I did, I did a survey on my blog, just my blog, asking people, you know, how did you find me? How did you first hear about Pat Flynn or Smart Passive Income? And the results kind of blew me away. You know, there was like 7,500 respondents, 19%, the number one way people found out about who I was and my brand, 19% was discovering me on iTunes. 18%, number two, was discovering me on YouTube. And then number three, 15% was discovering me through links on other sites or mentions on other blogs. Then it was social media and Google and all the things that where people mostly spend all their time, you know. So it was really interesting. And that's, that's sort of what turned into the Be Everywhere strategy and why I think it's really important. Now, as far as iTunes and getting discovered on iTunes, iTunes is a search engine. Yep. So there's certain search engine optimization strategies you can use for your podcast if you were to set one up. And you know, you can you can include keywords in the description. I mean, iTunes is a little mysterious as far as how the algorithm works. You know, they're not quite as open as Google as far as right. how things work. It's harder to test things. Um, but you know, there are obvious things like including particular keywords in the show title, in the title of your episodes. Um, even in the host name, like my host name is Pat Flynn colon 
blogger, online entrepreneur, you know, uh, business sweater strategist, wearer, or something like that. Sweater oh, wearer, yeah. That, they um, should have added that in. I should have. I could get sweater wearer. I'd be number one in iTunes for sweater wearer. Yeah. Uh, but if, actually, if you type in blogging, I'm number one in, in blogging. If you type in online business, I think I'm number one or number two for that. And that's just because of those easy SEO strategies, which a lot of people on iTunes don't do. not do. I'll, I'll go to a lot of shows on iTunes just to kind of see the strategies that other people are using. And they just put the name of the, who, who they are as a show name uh, and then some random name that is just creative but doesn't really have any keyword um, juice in it and then the description is just like this is my show right and you know that that's not going to help you be found another way to be found is by having really good artwork too and if you go to itunes on your computer you can see a whole splash page of different kinds of artwork and and you can see what stands out and so pick the category that you're going to go into and see whatever what everyone's doing and try to do something else or try to create something that that's going to stand out from you know because you know Choosing a podcast to listen to is also very visual, right? You know, especially on your on your phone, you're just quickly flipping through, swiping through, and then all of a sudden, one pops up like, "Wow!" So you got to make sure it's compelling. You got to make sure there's uh, that people know what it is. Um, you know that it's something worth clicking on or or exploring more. Um, you know, they're not going to read the description until they click on your image. So you got to make sure it's a good image. Um, and then you know, there's the algorithms within iTunes where people who listen to this show also listen to this. So of course when you're first starting out, no one has listened to you yet, so there's no way to get that right. sort of algorithm favor uh, from iTunes. But over time, once people start listening to you, because they listen to other shows, you're going to get picked up from traffic from people listening to other shows just because it's related. So it's, it's really cool how that happens and um, you know, I think in addition to that, it's, it's just people talking about it, you know, creating awesome stuff and getting great people to, to come on right. your show to, to be interviewed. Um, and it's not just the, 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 the well-known people. You know, I've had people like Tim Ferriss on my show. And, of course, if you have someone like that, you want to make, you know, you want to have you different questions. You want to maximize questions. it. Yeah, you want to, yeah. Yeah, which I did in, in my my particular interview with him went really well. I was asking a lot of different questions. He was telling me about archery, and then I actually went and took archery lessons using some of his some of his advice, uh, which was pretty Funny. cool. Um, but a lot of my pop, most popular episodes are interviews with people that nobody know about or didn't know about before, uh, like a guy named Mike Doonan. Like, who's Mike Doonan? Well, he's a guy who's in the speech therapy niche with his wife, and he created an iPhone app that, uh, you know, a, a line of iPhone apps that helps children with speech therapy. It's this little mouse character, and they're making, you know, five figures a month with that. Um, and it's just so cool to hear those types of stories, too. Um, you know, that's, that's me and my particular niche and how I'm standing out with everyone else doing podcasting. And, and you know, it. it's pretty cool because since teaching this strategy and, and, and showing the benefits of podcasting for my business, a lot of other people have created podcasts. A lot of well-known people, you know, Amy Porterfield, yep. uh, Derek Halper, and yep. Lewis House. Yep. Um, and they're, they're killing it right now. And, um, you know, the competition on iTunes is way less than there is on the internet. Um, it's just, there's millions of websites, but only, you know, a couple hundred thousand podcast right now so so podcasting is like the new blogging i think right now love it look i like that quote we'll pull that one out right there podcasting is the new blogging pat flynn so pat nice. i want to i want to shift gears here for a little bit here as we wrap up here in, in in several minutes sure but you've got a new book um and it's not a normal book not that there's no. a normal book out there uh but you've got something that you're doing that's a little bit differently and i just want to hear the story behind this because again we're talking about stories today right like you're talking yeah, about how yeah. people love the story and you've got something called Let Go. Um, and this is different than anything I've really seen. So, so I'm going to let you take it. Tell us a little bit, though, I mean, like about this kind of backstory here. Like, why did you do this? Like, 
were you, was you know why did you decide this format? Just sh- share it all with me. I'll sit back and listen. I, I want to hear this as well. So yeah, so it's funny. I was I was actually in the middle of writing a book called Be Everywhere, and talking about the strategy, getting into details with it, doing a lot of research for it, and I was about to finish Be Everywhere. I had about three weeks left on the on the manuscript. I think uh, writing a few you know thousand words a day, and I planned to finish it before my daughter was born. She was due at the end of September, and I was like, okay, I can do this before she's born because I know after it's going to be really difficult to get time to write. Well, she was born three weeks early, so I didn't have. <laughs> the time to finish it. So I have this manuscript of about 25,000 words in Be Everywhere that's just sitting there or that was just sitting there. Um, and then, you know, then it was just all about the family. Then I couldn't work on a book at, the, right. at that time. A couple months later, I got this email from somebody who was like, hey, there, we, there's this new platform, this new publishing platform coming out called Snippet App. And I was like, okay, that's weird. And they're like, okay, well, I was like, well, okay, so tell me about it. And they're like, okay, it's, it's, it's an interesting platform. It's different than anything that's out there. Publishers can create a book called a snippet, and there's a few things about it. Each chapter is limited to a thousand words, so it's okay. like Twitter for books, where it sort of limits the chapter and makes it a quick, easy read. And I was like, okay, well, okay, that's kind of interesting. Uh, but what else? Well, it also incorporates video, audio, oh. and really high quality images. So I was like, okay, that's pretty cool too. Like I can see how I might be able to include multimedia within a text story to kind of enhance it a little bit. And I was like, okay. But iBooks kind of does that already. But what got me really interested was the fact that it can incorporate social media right inside the, the snippet. And I was like, wow, I've never heard of that before. Meaning people so, can like comment and stuff like that? or People can comment. You can go inside the book, and I'll show you in just a second. And uh, you can actually open up a Twitter hashtag right inside the book. So imagine you're writing a story, either it's fictional or nonfiction, and you come up to an important point in the story or your story or a particular strategy, and you pop open the discoverable, and boom, there's like a hashtag conversation going on. You can actually add to that hashtag conversation. Um, maybe it's like, uh, you know, packets laid off hashtag or whatever. I don't know. But, you know, it just enhances the experience more and it, and it gives people a way to interact with other people who are reading the book right there in the book and also the author, too. So, you know, within the hashtag that I have in my book, you can put as many of these as, as you want. Um, I'm seeing the immediate feedback from people who are reading it. And so, uh, they get just, to interact with you. It just adds a whole new element to consuming a book, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, I was like, wow, this is awesome fine let's just do it you know i was just like let's go for it and you know it's it's risky it's a brand new platform it's a new technology so it's probably going to be a little bit buggy and it has been a little bit but you know they've been doing good to 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 update it and solve all those issues um you know there's like nobody on this platform yet it wasn't even out yet i was one of the first authors um which was awesome you know that not very many people can say that you know i was one of the first authors for you know who was the first author for amazon i mean that's awesome but you know who knows if snippet app will take off maybe it does maybe it doesn't but i think this was just a cool opportunity the rewards far outweighed the the risks uh, i wrote the book in about 2 weeks because it was basically about my story from getting let go from my architecture position um, and and everything that went into that video along with that you know where i landed my architecture job but that's an interesting story there's actually video on location in san francisco at a restaurant where i got that position um, there's an interesting story behind that in in the book there's also interviews with my dad with my wife, love it. Which I know, I, I know, a lot of people wanted to hear from my wife and what she was thinking when I was getting laid off because we were engaged at the time and we were planning a wedding. Uh, my dad was the one who told me to go back to school instead of you know trying to do stuff on my own. Um, 
uh, that that was his suggestion. So we got him uh, to be in the book, in the snippet, and talk about you know w- where I'm at now and sort of you know all that sort of thing. Uh, it's just so it's just so cool, um, and it allows me to tell my story in, in a different way. Um, and and so far the reaction's been amazing. Um, right now it's only on iOS, so iPad and iPhone, but yep. there's an Android version coming out. It's going to be repurposed for Kindle as well, although it's not going to have that social media experience there. But um, again, just trying to be everywhere for people. Uh, but you know, I've uh, I've got a couple emails. People were like, I was crying during the book or watching the video of you and your wife and your kids, and I was like, wow, like I made people cry. Yeah, that's um, good. Pat is. Pat, he's made you laugh. He's made you cry. He's made you wet the bed. Yeah. And now he's back. I don't We've know got about a new that book. One. It's Pat Flynn and Let Go. That's it. That's your trailer. You, yeah, you Let Go. Whatever, just what, like just let go of your, of your <laughs> urinary track. Um, but, uh, you know, Pat, question, a couple questions here real fast. First of all, and this is exciting. A couple things. One specifically on the book and one kind of more on why you chose this. I, I'm curious, though. You know, you've got a big following. Right, mm-hmm. you've got you've got this you know passionate fan base. You've you've got great credibility in the space. You have got people that want to know a lot more about you and different things. You could have gone to a traditional publisher and said, you know, hey, I'm Pat. I'm awesome. You know, give me this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whatever. But bottom line is, you've got the clout that you could have gone really any route you wanted to with a book. Meaning, like you could have gone, you know, self publisher, etc. So I'm curious, though, other than, and I understand the reasons that you were saying, like, the coolness and, and you got this new platform, why for you were you just like, God, I want to take, I want to take, I want to go this route as opposed to the other route? Well, for one, I thought this was a, uh, an opportunity with a short window, so I wanted to take it okay. while it's Fair here. Enough. So once-in-a-lifetime chance type of thing. Uh, but secondly, you know, it's funny because I've, I've actually had a couple publishing companies, a couple agents contact me to want to work with them sure, on a traditional right. book. And it is something that I can see in my future. But, you know, so along with that, you know, the, to kind of quote T. Harv Eker from, uh, you know, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, why not have both? Mm-hmm. Like, why do I have to pick one over the other? I, this, this is the opportunity now. Later, I'm going to probably write a, a traditional book. I'm going to do an Amazon one that's featured on Amazon. I mean, that's, that's sort of what I do. I like to experiment on different things. And this is the opportunity. You like to? to- be everywhere. I hate to. <laughs> you set it up there. You like. You I think set we're it up. like killing the be everywhere thing on now. a uh, on a tee there. I was shooting some golf balls yesterday. Thank you for setting that up, Pat. Um, nice, and, nice. and also, kind of the second question on that is, I love the route you went with this book in terms of the topic. I love it. Like meaning because personally, and I and actually I want to hear from you guys that are watching, listening to this in the comments below. I want to hear your thoughts on kind of books that you like to consume in terms of whether you like more the how to type stuff. Or to hear like epic stories like Pat. I know personally, I love the epic stories. Do you get what I'm saying? And I, and and by the way, this is coming from someone that wrote like a relatively how-to book. So I I, <laughs> I I love stories of hearing this kind of stuff and kind of backgrounds and different things like that because I think it's awesome. For you though, what inspired you to say, okay, I'm not going to do the uh, you know the other one, the be everywhere strategy. I'm not going to do uh, you know affiliate you know, marketing strategies. I'm not going to do online business. I'm going to tell you the story about how I got laid off and how that, you know, turned into what's going on now. Um, What, what kind of inspired that? Well, I know I have a good story and I know when I've shared my story on other interviews, I've shared it on your show before. 
I've shared it on any uh, uh, many other websites, and I've shared it on my blog. Um, it's just it's just gotten such an amazing reaction, and and has I know has inspired a lot of people to sort of take action or to realize that there are a lot of other opportunities out there, um, and that's sort of why I created Smart Passive Income in the first place, just to share everything awesome that has happened as a result of getting laid off. And it's not the layoff that I'm talking about. It's not. You know, I don't want people to quit their jobs, but I just want people to to be open to to the possibilities and opportunities that are that are out there. It took me getting laid off to understand what was possible, um, and that's why you know the book is called Let Go, and there's a big elephant on the cover, and this sort of this story about the elephant sort of just um, trans, you know, it, it it just describes everything, every reason why I think this is the book I should have written, and and why this is the perfect platform for it. So you know, actually, if you go to oh, snippet. That's the Snippet app. It's like a free app you download. There's a marketplace. There's yeah, other us, books. Yeah, tell us how we hunt this thing down. And by the way, is the elephant in a room? The elephant? <laughs> it's in this room. Okay. All right. Okay. Just curious. All right. So, so show, show us what's going on here because I want to I I see how we can get this and all that kind of okay. shit. Okay. And again, thank you for letting me share this. Oh, one. absolutely. Please yeah. do. Um, so this is Snippet app. It's a brand new application. If you go to appstore.com slash snippet app, you can be redirected to it. And there's a little marketplace here. There's a few books. I'm, I'm lucky to be featured as one of the first featured authors there on top. So you can either click on my image or click on let go. So I'm going to click on let go and you cool. can open it. And there's a cover. Oh, there you go. There's the elephant. So that's, that's the elephant. I'll tell you what that is in a second. But if you go through, there's like a table of contents, and uh, let me just show you one of the discoveries. Cool. I mean, it's really. like it's like uh, it's sexy. I mean, meaning it's it's like oh, it's it's really sleek. But oh, if, if I, I love scroll it. down here, uh, let me click on this. Uh, you can. Oh yeah, there, yeah. Now we're we're at a dock here. We're at a dock. Oh snap. Oh, oops. Yeah, actually, let me just show you really quick the uh, the, the hashtag discoverable because that's really cool. Um, so there's chapter 12, which is what happened between 2009 and present. And if I click on this hashtag here, you can see... It'll go. Oh. It'll, it'll just uh, probably take a second because uh, we're sitting here. Yeah, I'm, I am actually... I don't even know if I'm online right now, but that should load up with the hashtag conversation. Right, right. So We get, we get, that, we get the idea. I might be in airplane it. mode but uh, because I didn't want it to ring or, or when I got a message Thanks, or anything. Pat. But I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I look out for people who have podcasts because one, I have one myself. One shining so. moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the elephant, right? When the, the story is when elephants are trained when they're infants, um, they're often tied to stakes and small chains, you know, that are uh, too strong for these elephants. And they try, they try to, to, to break free, but they can't because they're too weak, they're too small. And eventually they just give up and stop trying. And then they grow up, they get huge, and they get big and powerful, and they can easily just, you know, shred that stake to to parts, you know, just take it out of the ground, but they don't even try because they've been conditioned when they were little to understand that, you know, trying was painful or that, you know, they couldn't do it. And so I, I really feel like we all are, you know, powerful elephants that a lot of us are, we're just conditioned and tied to these stakes where, you know, it'd be really easy for us to break free. We just have to kind of let go of what we were conditioned to learn. And so that's why it's called Let Go. It's called Let Go on two levels. One, because I was let go from my architecture position, but also let go in the fact that, you know, I, I had to let go of this, uh, of, of the fact that, you know, I was sort of conditioned my whole life to, to go down this path that wasn't really what, where I'm supposed to be. You know, I got good grades. I went to college. I went, I got good grades in college. Um, I got a, a, my dream job in corporate land and I started climbing the ladder and that's what I was taught to do. I was supposed to do that until I was 65 and then retire. Um, and then I kind of got kicked out of this industry and, and that was my breaking point. And when I understood that, you know, I had to take control for myself. Um, and, and that's when I discovered just 
what my talents were and what my skills were and being able to put things online uh, for people to, to enjoy and, and learn from. And that has just totally changed my life. And that's why I wrote this book. So very cool you know, to, to inspire and motivate other people to see that there are other opportunities out there. Like very that. cool. So I want to give that link one more time as we wrap up here, Pat. Um, is the best place, I mean, just to go directly to the app, is there, a, a, you know, where, where do we want to send people uh, specifically so they can go nab this? Right. Well, the app is Snippet App. So if you go yep. on to your app store, you can download Snippet App, search for it there. Or you can just go to my website, patflynn.me slash letgo. And you can see the book trailer there and you can sign up for my book club and get bonus interviews. And, you know, there's a blooper reel. It's really funny. Um, it's just really cool. And again, thank you, David, for letting me share that. Um, and I hope people who end up seeing it uh, enjoy it and you know i'd love to hear from you uh, about what you think very cool so i just wrote that stuff down i will make sure it is linked up pat always good to talk to you my man this is pat flynn from smartpassiveincome.com and now the author of let go he did a double entendre thing there with the title i love it pat thanks my man always great catching up thank you so much and that's it, my friends. Uh, definitely download Pat's book, Let Go. It is awesome. Um, and check it out at patflynn.me slash let go. Pat's a great guy. Great to have him on there. Reminder, if you're interested in courses, head over to therisetop.com slash courses. Uh, I'm going to be showing you everything about creating an online course coming up here. Um, also, if you haven't already and you want shows like this and you want you know DSG TVs that come on Monday with quick tips and things like that on growing your audience and, and building your platform and making, making the bling bling, uh, head over to therisetop.com slash VIP. Enter your email address. And also, another big shout-out and thank you to our good friends at GoToMeeting by Citrix Online. Uh, free trial for you, therisetop.com slash GoToMeeting. It is unbelievable collaboration tool if you're doing anything face-to-face, uh, via slides, anything online. It is a must-have for any mediapreneur. Therisetop.com slash GoToMeeting. I'm David Setman-Garland. I will see you next time. And remember, if you want some fluff, you know what to do. Go pet a bunny.